Welcome to the Dead Author Society. Frank Herbert, February 11th, 1986. Rest in peace. That lamp intrigued Leto. These people of Shulak were profligate with spice oil. A lamp, not a glow globe. They kept slave outcasts within their walls in the fashion told by the most ancient Fremen traditions. Yet, they employed ornithopters and the latest spice harvesters. They were a crude mixture of ancient and modern. Sabiha pushed the bowl of gruel toward him, extinguished the cooking flame. Leto ignored the bowl. I will be punished if you do not eat this, she said. He stared at her thinking, if I kill her, that'll shatter one vision. If I tell her Miriza's plans, that'll shatter another vision. If I wait here for my father, this vision thread will become a mighty rope. His mind sorted the threads. Some held a sweetness which haunted him. One future was Sabiha carried alluring reality within his prescient awareness. It threatened to block out all others until he followed it out to its ending agonies. Why do you stare at me that way? She asked. Still, he did not answer. She pushed the bowl closer to him. Leto tried to swallow in a dry throat. The impulse to kill Sabiha welled in him. He found himself trembling with it. How easy it would be to shatter one vision and let the wildness run free. Iris commands this, she said, touching the balls. Yes, Iris commanded it. Superstition conquered everything. Iris wanted a vision cast for him to read. He was an ancient savage asking the witch doctor to throw the ox bones and interpret their sprawl. Iris had taken his captive still suit as a simple precaution. There'd been a sly jibe at Namri and Sabiha in that comment. Only fools let a prisoner escape. Miriz had a deep emotional problem, though. The Spirit River. The captive's water flowed in Miriz's veins. Miriz sought a sign that would permit him to hold the threat of death over Leto. Like father, like son, Leto thought, This spice will only give you visions, Sabiha said. The long silences made her uneasy. I've had visions in the orgy many times. They don't mean anything. That's it, he thought, his body locking itself into a stillness which left his skin cold and clammy. The Bene Gesserit training took over his consciousness. A pinpoint illumination 
which fanned out beyond him to throw the blazoning light of vision upon Sabiha and all of her cast-out fellows. The ancient Bene Gesserit learning was explicit. Languages build up to reflect specializations in a way of life. Each specialization may be recognized by its words, by its assumptions and sentence structures. Look for stoppages. Specializations represent places where life is being stopped, where the movement is dammed up and frozen. He saw Sabiha then as a vision maker in her own right, and every other human carried the same power. Yet she was disdainful of her spice orgy visions. They caused disquiet and therefore must be put aside, forgotten deliberately. Her people prayed to Shai Hulud because the worm dominated many of their visions. They prayed for dew at the desert's edge because moisture limited their lives. Yet they wallowed in spice well and lured sand trout to open quantities. Sabiha fed him prescient visions with a casual callousness. Yet within her words, he saw the illuminated signals. She depended upon absolutes, sought finite limits, and all because she couldn't handle the rigors of terrible decisions which tortured her own flesh. She clung to her one-eyed vision of the universe, englobing and time-freezing as it might be, because the alternatives terrified her. In contrast, Leto felt the pure movement of himself. He was remembering, collecting infinite dimensions, and because he saw those dimensions, he could make the terrible decisions, as my father did. You must eat this, Sabiha said, her voice petulant. Leto saw the whole pattern, the visions now and knew the thread he must follow. My skin is not my own. He stood, pulling his robe around him. It felt strange against his flesh, with no still suit protecting his body. His feet were bare upon the fused spice fabric of the floor, feeling the sand tracked in there. What are you doing? Sabiha demanded. The air is bad in here. I'm going outside. You can't escape, she said. Every canyon has its worm. If you go beyond the quantity, the worms will sense you by your moisture. These captive worms are very alert, not like the ones in the desert at all besides. How gloating her voice became. You've no still suit. do you worry? He asked, wondering if he might yet provoke a real reaction from her. Because you've not eaten. And you'll be punished? Yes. But I'm already saturated with spice. He said. Every moment is a vision. He gestured with a bare foot at the bowl. Pour that onto the sand. Well, no. They watch, she whispered. He shook his head, shedding her from his visions, feeling new freedom envelop him 
No need to kill this poor pawn. She danced other music, not even knowing the steps, believing that she might yet share the power which lured the hungry pirates of Shulok and Jakuutu. Lido went to the door seal, put a hand upon it. Miriz comes, she said. Be very angry with Miriz is a merchant of emptiness. Lido said, My aunt has drained him. She got to her feet. I'm going out with you. And he thought, She remembers how I escaped her. Now she feels the fragility of her hold upon me. Her vision stirred within her. But she would not listen to those visions. She had but to reflect. How could he outwit a captive worm in its narrow canyon? How could he live in the Tanzaruft without Stelsut or Fremkid? I must be alone to consult my visions, he said. You'll remain here. Where will you go? To the Quanit. The sand shall come out in swarms at night. They won't eat me. Sometimes the worm comes down to just beyond the water, she said. He crossed the Quanit. She broke off, trying to etch her words with menace. How could I mount a worm without hooks? He asked, wondering if she still could salvage some bit of her visions. Will you eat when you return? She asked, squatting once more by the bowl, recovering the ladle and stirring the indigo broth. Everything in its own time. He said, knowing she'd be unable to detect his delicate use of voice, the way he insinuated his own desires into her decision-making. Aries will come and see if you've had a vision, she warned. I will deal with Aries in my own way, he said, noting how heavy and slow her movements had become. The pattern of all Fremen lent itself naturally into the way he guided her now. Fremen were people of extraordinary energy at sunrise, but a deep and lethargic melancholy often overcame them at nightfall. Already, she wanted to sink into sleep and dreams. Leto let himself out into the night alone. The sky glittered with stars, and he could make out the bulk of surrounding butte against their pattern. He went up under the palms to the quanet. Thanks for listening to the Dead Authors Society. Be sure to follow for more content posted several days a week.